Hey there, Zagreus. This is Eniash. Hey, Eniash. This is Steven. Steven, did I pronounce that right? I think so. What is Zagreus, or who is Zagreus? That's how they said it in the Hades video game. The uh, protagonist is trying to, over and over to break out of Hades. That's the uh, the plot of the game. Is Zagreus the protagonist? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. See, that's the crucial part of the information I didn't have. Oh, yeah, I forgot to communicate that part. Yeah, not a very creative name, but not made that much funnier by the fact that in my mind, Zagreus is wearing a shirt that says, I got, tor- I got tortured for an eternity in heck, <laughs> and all I got was this stupid t-shirt. But, so for some reason, I thought Zagreus was a female. Was that not right? Uh, in the game, yeah, ninety percent sure he's a guy. Oh, okay. I I don't know. I just uh, I mean, I've heard so many great things about the game, and I intend to play it, but I haven't yet. And I could have sworn it was about a chick, but I guess uh, I don't know where I got that from. Actually, maybe just you know, hey, it, it's a great game. So obviously the protagonist would be a chick, which duh, that's that's not obvious at all, necessarily. God of War. Counterpoint. <laughs> well, God of War was all right. Oh, man. It's- no, it was it was pretty good, especially the original one from like 10 years ago, where you just beat the shit out of things for the entire game. And it was a lot of fun. You're right. This one didn't have the scale of fighting giant colossi. And that that is something that I'm hoping the next one has. Yeah, I mean, it was still it was still a really good story, and I hear um, an insanely good story if you are one of those people that has children. Oh, yeah, I suppose I could add to it. Although, I wonder if the heavy patricide theme might actually discourage people from having their kids play it, but... I mean, the person who I have heard loves it the most out of anyone is a father, and loves it in large part because of the father theme, so nice. I don't think that has ruined anything. Well, that's good. Yeah, it didn't give, didn't give his kids any ideas. <laughs> Yeah, I should, I should really hope not. Uh, well, maybe he didn't play in front of the kids. He specifically <laughs> said, kids, don't play this because I don't want you to get ideas. Right. But this is not a podcast about God of War. Uh, this is a podcast about something else entirely. Yes, this is not Everything is a Clue, where you and I sit down every week. I was going to say every couple of weeks. No, it's every week, basically. Sit down to talk about Alexander Wales' of Serial, Worth the Candle, now available on audiobook and ebook. Wait, holy shit, it's your birthday. It is my birthday. You know how I knew that. You know what else that means? Yeah, the second book of uh, uh, Worth the Candle came out. But most importantly, happy birthday to Eniash, everybody. Oh, well, uh, thank you very much. Um, I think the Worth the Candle coming out is more important than my birthday. But, uh, you know, both things are notable, so we can mention them both. My wife taught me the, like, not explicitly, but through, I don't know, uh, how she does things. I can't talk. Um, The fun and value of, like, finding good excuses to celebrate, you know. Oh, yeah. Birthdays aren't, I, I don't, I honestly, I'm not 100% sure if you ask me how old I am, if I'd give you the right answer. I'm pretty sure. But so like, I'm not, it's not like I'm keeping score, but it's an excuse to, you know, hey, let's have a good day or plan something fun for the weekend. So. So wait, you actually are not sure how old you are? I think I'm 32. I'm I'm really confident in that answer. What year is it? You, it's 2022. And it's June. Yes. 32. Okay. Interesting. That sounds right. But for. For the life of me, I'm 98% sure. Like, it might be 33. I have never not known exactly how old I am. Okay. Well, hey, it's the life, the universe, and the meaning of everything, isn't it? So It is, in fact, yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, sub, there, there's got to be some way to transition the talk of aging into Hellfall. 
well, be, well, part actually before we start that, we got to say part of the life of the part of the meaning of life is to uh, pay for things that you really love, and you can do that by going to Amazon or various other booksellers apparently to buy uh, Worth the Candle, uh, and also you can go to Audible to buy it on audio if you would like to do that, or you can support Alexander Wills directly at his Patreon, and if you'd like what we're doing, you can support us directly at our Patreon too. Uh, all of those things have links in the show notes. And uh, we'd we'd certainly appreciate that. We also kick back 15% of all our stuff to Alexander Wales because, you know, we wouldn't be able to be doing this if it wasn't for him. So so there we go. And uh, now let's dive directly into hell, yeah? I would consider anybody clicking and doing the requisite actions on any of those links a personal birthday gift to you for this episode. Especially the one that gives me money directly, yes. Especially that one. <laughs> okay. But otherwise you can say a, a donation has been made in your name to Alexander Wales. Oh, uh, yeah, that would work, too. <laughs> cool. Uh, we do not have any uh, unorganized notes or from the audience this week, uh, at least in part because of pain issues where uh, I hope I am still as coherent as normal. But it's been a not great day for me uh, due to, you know, spinal stuff. So I'm going to be as coherent as possible. And maybe people will get to uh, see me on a slightly unhinged note or or more unhinged than usual at any rate. Well, I'm eager to see what this looks like, so... Yeah, it probably won't look any different. Hopefully, no one will be able to tell the difference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so far, so good. Um, cool. Yeah, I haven't been on Discord at all, actually, in the last couple of weeks. So I don't know what people are saying over there. I, I'm actually curious what people are going to say about some of the stuff in these chapters, so maybe I'll check in. Um, yeah. But... Honestly, many- one of the... Okay, fine. We'll have one listener feedback, although I don't remember who it was. I think it was a combination of people. One of the most fun things on the Discord was people pointing out that whenever June goes into a library, he fucks shit up. <laughs> Like the first library, um, he got in a fight with uh, Prentice, which hmm. eventually ended with him getting killed. Um, then the second time he was in the library, he murdered everyone, not everyone, but tried to murder everyone there before, because uh, he got turned into another person. And the third time he was in the library, it belonged to a dragon that he had just killed, and he was liquidating the whole damn thing. So Juniper and library is not a good mixture. mixture. I wonder if there's something to read into there. Was read into Probably a joke? just a coincidence, know. but you know, as they say, nothing is ever a coincidence. Yeah, you know, the third one is a distinct, distinctly different kind of fuck up because he was actually there, you know, crushing it, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's fun. I like it. Good call, people. Um, <laughs> all right, well, uh, good call rhymes with a good fall. Hellfall two thirty one. That that hurt me too. I, I kind of liked it. <laughs> all right. We'll just start rhyming for our transitions. Um, yeah. Rhymes are great. All right. Well, he's naked, falling, and uh, tried to use still magic, but nothing happened. So No magic. No magic. Mm. And uh, he lands in what I thought he was going to call piss snow, but or yeah. but it's no yellow fall, which yeah. is just this, it's this nice version of snow that just hurts. So I really think he should have called it piss snow. It would have been a better name. Yeah. Fen would have called it piss snow. She would have. I guess he wasn't quite in the mood to make jokes, which I kind of understand. I guess if you're in hell. Yeah. I mean, you got to keep a light demeanor, but, you know. I mean, speaking of light demeanors, the DM shows up wearing another one of his jokey shirts. <laughs> Tortured for eternity in heck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smarmy ass. I love it. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know d- if he'd show up. He's mostly an unhelpful dick, but he at least drops <laughs> some uh, some knowledge bombs. 
He does. Uh, when he first shows up, uh, I this kind of stuck out to me because, again, I was reading it as it was coming out. And as it was coming out, is it the middle of COVID? And uh, when he looks at the DM, he's changed. His beard is thicker and longer and his hair is shaggy and unkempt. And I was like, huh, kind of like someone in the middle of COVID. I liked that. You know, it's I, I don't know. I guess one of those relics artifacts of when something is produced. Um, mm-hmm. That I didn't necessarily know when this chapter came out, although I probably could have inferred. Um, but, you know, down the road, they might not. So uh, it could have just been a whim on Wales's part for like, you know what, I've got an unkempt beard right now. Um, or I don't know. I The thing is, his his uh, appearance is probably as calculated as Bethel's, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, he's the DM. He's He's got ultimate power. Yeah. I mean, I think that certainly like whatever meat suit he shows or avatar he shows up in he gets to pick the shirt. Like he doesn't have to like go to the store and buy it. Right. So like I, for some reason he wants to look disheveled, but maybe it's a commentary on June's wild ride up to this point. Could be, or it could be that he just didn't care to put in the effort to like change from the default scan or whatever of how he goes in. I have no idea how this works. So, yeah, but yeah, so he's, he's there. Um, he, all right. So I, I'll just, we'll, we'll try and move through it rather than me try and articulate my thoughts in real time. Um, sure. He says, uh, though I did want you to suffer at least a little bit. June says, a little bit. I was tortured in so many fucking ways. And he says, not really a conversation that I'm here to have. And so he says, why are you here? To reveal your grand design? Nah. It's, oh, come on, man. So he's, I guess, I brought that up for two reasons. One, I was hoping he was going to be like, and here is my master plan, and you failed. Because at least I would mm. know the master plan. Um, yeah, that would have been nice. But he says that the the torturing didn't count as the suffering he wanted June to have, um, or he, at least he waved it off. Maybe he wasn't there to have that argument, but I think the kind of suffering he wanted him to have was different than just like being tortured, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think June has been, well, that's not true. He has been actually literally tortured in the black site, but it, it wasn't, you know, as torturous as people who have their full pain response. Um <sighs> I don't know. I think June might be slightly overstating how much he suffered. He's certainly taken more mortal injuries than any of us ever have. Yeah, but he's also suffered the least for those mortal injuries than any other person would have in his shoes, right? I think he's a fewer lasting consequences, but I imagine it hurts every time, you know? Yeah, but I think the the hurt of something in the moment is always kind of passing, and as long as it doesn't leave deep psychological scars, doesn't matter that much. It's always the the long-term chronic pain that's actually important. Like, I know one of our friends once was at an admiration of Wolverine because, like, Wolverine is always like, oh, this is going to hurt, but I'm going to do it anyway. Or, like, every time his claws pop out, it hurts. And I'm like, the claws thing I could kind of see, you have dreading having to feel, feel that pain every time you use them. But, like, with Wolverine, sure, something hurts for a moment, but then he's fine right after. And it's like, that's that's not that bad. That's, that's not a big deal, in my opinion. I, I would be like... Yeah, you know what? I would go through a, a bit of temporary pain as well for whatever awesome goal Wolverine is pursuing. Yeah, that's a really good point. I was going to bring up Wolverine actually as an example because I like the line where Rogue asks, does it hurt? And he says, every time. Yeah, it sounds it's, it's badass. badass. It does. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. Like it's it's less badass than that. Like, yeah, but then it stops hurting and bleeding immediately. You know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, so you, you've it, it winces a little bit as you get cut, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. He's badass for other reasons. The cigars yeah. and drinking mostly. Um, that's right. Beating people up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I think 
I think I'm more on the DM side than June side as as uh, as to how much suffering June has experienced. In particular, because the suffering that sucks the worst is the suffering that has no point. Uh, in when suffering is just pointless, then even a little bit it feels much worse than than really it should. Uh, like even when you're just made to do pointless busy work and it's not really that much suffering, just the point, the, the whole fact that it's pointless busy work makes it a little extra bad. But if you get something out of it and the suffering is worth it, then lots of times it's like, yeah, no, that was, that was fine. I, I, I got what I wanted out of that. And so that's why I am less on June's side here because he always got cool shit for his suffering. Yeah. For the most part, I think you're right. Yeah. It, it was never just like, oh, and now that hurts forever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Okay. Um, well, hmm. all right. I didn't expect to, to win that so easily. I, I, I didn't really win it. I think I you made win. a compelling point. Okay, there we go. That's much better. Yeah. Don't want to put this in adversarial terms. Anyways, um, the DM does say, it seemed appropriate to see you one last time. I told you there'd be a third meeting, didn't I? Rule, rule of three and all that. And so that sounds to me like uh, we're not going to be seeing the DM again. Because, you know, this is the third one. Yeah. I mean, he might have had a three-beat planned, but... I don't know. There are no rules in this story like that I can count on, right? That's true. My my main thought is I don't believe him because I don't want to believe him. <laughs> right. like, no, I, I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully he's not gone forever, but yeah. we'll see how that shakes out. Um, at least he didn't leave like right now. I thought he was going to yeah. just be like, and you're, you know, you lost later, nerd. Um, <laughs> but at least he's like, trying to gloat for a minute. So... He does. I picked out a bunch of things during the gloat session, if you don't mind me covering some of them. Please, please. Okay. Uh, so June says, you said we were kindred spirits. I've got no idea what I did to make you do all this horrible stuff to me. And the dungeon master says, there's plenty of reasons to hate you. And I do hate you. There's something so contemptible about you, so weasley. It makes a person want to grab you by the back of your head and bash your face into the pavement. And like, first of all, in our whole Arab is therapy hypothesis, one's therapist should not be this personally invested in somebody. You're supposed to be somewhat objective and stood back and not have all these emotions. So, like, did June do something back in the real world to piss off the DM? Because it sounds like this guy really hates him. And, like, I, I don't know. Maybe was June, like, Hitler in the real world or something? Because it is a rationalist thing that it'd be better to reform Hitler than to kill him, if that's possible. And uh, and, and so maybe he like really hates Hitler, but he wants to reform him because that's the better thing to do. Maybe. I I mean, in a world where you want to reform Hitler, it's it's because you understand that hating him doesn't make any sense. Right? Like, well, it's not his because... fault. It's just a matter of circumstance. And now you're going to adjust those circumstances to make him a better person. I still think it's his fault, but if you can save a person and make them a good person instead of a bad person, then I think that's better to do. I guess if I if I hated him, I wouldn't bother. I'd just kill him, right? Uh, yeah, but that's why like the post-humans in the future are better people than us, right? I think they'll transcend hate, too. Yeah. But I, for me, it's just, you know, the answer of why you do all this terrible stuff to me, I thought it was going to be like... Man, I you signed up. I gave you a disclosure agreement and you signed it. But no, yeah, he just true. He just says, No, I fucking hate you. And mm. not even like, you know, I'm sick of your shit or I I don't like you, but you're weasley and I want to grab you know, makes the person want to grab you by the back of your neck and bash your face into the pavement. That's so oddly specific mm -hmm. that I it does make me kind of wonder like if this is 
yeah, somebody who he angered in real life. Frankly, he feels kind of like Raymer to me. I think there's only a moment, another moment later where I think uh, the DM reminds me of Raymer. But like the the whole thing here, it's just uh, I don't know. You know, it, if uh, if the DM is older June, I get like not liking your younger self or whatever. But mm-hmm. I would hope that if, if if DM June, if this is, you know, June in 20 years or whatever, if he has any of the growth that Arab June has had, then he would know that like you don't hate somebody because of who they were when they're being when they're becoming a better person. What the hell's wrong with you? Like you don't hate your younger self. You realize that they were flawed. So well, I think people are more likely to hate, especially the people who are very scrupulous and sympathetic, are more likely to hate their younger selves than others because they feel that they of all people should have been much better and they weren't. Maybe June has got the the high scrupulosity thing going. I'll need to, I, I feel like I had a good understanding of that and I checked most of the boxes, but I, younger me just didn't have the agency. Yeah. I didn't, no, I, didn't have the options. I agree. You, you know, self-floating is a hell of a drug. It, it really is. But what's weird is that if, if the DM was older June, like this, this really does just bring down those odds. Um, and there's a couple of other things later, but uh, it's, you can't be running your younger self through a simulation where he becomes a better person and still hate him. Right. Yeah. Because like then what you're a shittier person than this, uh, the simulation you that you're creating, like, oh, maybe that's part of the reason it could be, but that's not a Weasley thing that makes you want to smash their face. It's like you hate them like the same way that, you know, in a not dissimilar way to like the way that I might be said to hate Chris Evans. Right. I'm just jealous. Um, but it's what if you were like that guy, um, Cristiano, whatever his name, the guy who used to be a, uh, in the he was a white supremacist was he in the kkk or neo-nazis or something Skinheads? oh yeah i know who you're talking about uh yeah now he goes around trying to deconvert people from the the white supremacist groups yeah do you think he like hates his teenage self that joined the gang and was that person for however many years i don't know but i i would have to suspect not only because he's now dedicated his time to helping other people right and, and I, you could just, really help them if you hated them. Exactly. Because if you hated them, I, you you wouldn't be motivated to. Yeah. You'd be motivated to kill them or stop yeah. them, right? I mean, if nothing else, I think that you can't really... <laughs> that you were um, denied information that lets you make informed consent if uh, one of the things you weren't told is your therapist really hates you and wants to smash your face into the pavement. Yeah. Uh, if your therapist is going to be personally invested, they should at least be invested in the other direction. Um, right. I mean, June even says, and here I thought I was doing a bit better. And mm-hmm. the DM says, a bit. I'm like, what? Did this? Did June kill this guy's parents or something? <laughs> right? This guy's really pissed off at June. There was one that I forgot to put in the show notes here, which is amazing. Um, uh, June says, can I, uh, what could I have done to like made it through the Felsey thing? Because you, you cheated. Um, mm-hmm. What was his weakness? And he said, well, there's an entity that exists above him. Um, yeah. and like we talked about that but that's not june's weakness to exploit right and so i mean maybe it is but june didn't do it right because june asks like so what i had to convince you to let us through mm-hmm. and he says maybe would that have convinced you when you were the dm and or what would have convinced you when you're the dm he says well nothing except maybe mm-hmm. the characters had been thinking feeling creatures and not just avatars and he says that didn't stop you from doing your best to inflict harm on the players anyway it's all academic because you're dead now and there's no escape from the hells um <laughs> I think the DM is making a huge false equivalence there because 
inflicting some harm on the players when they're in a role-playing game is drastically different from basically torturing and raping real people, which is what the DM is doing. Yeah, 100% agree. I think that he is either an idiot or he's just dodging the question. Um, I think he's dodging the question. I think he just wanted to hurt June because because he has this grudge against him. Yeah, I mean, well, you did your best to hurt the you know hurt the players, and it's like, yeah, I in a in a fit of of depression and and whatever uh, my lowest lows, I lashed out at my friends and hurt their feelings. Right, mm-hmm. I didn't cut them to pieces or kill their girlfriends or like you know all this terrible shit that I've gone through. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's dodging the point. So two things that I just thought of, uh, the first one being like, maybe if this is older June, uh, that did something bad and is trying to reform for it, maybe after all this is over, the June that goes through Arab is going to be merged back with him. And he's sort of like resenting it right now, seeing that, you know, this better person is going to be merged with him and, and alter his personality a bit i like that thought i but then it would have to kind of mean that him dming arab is against his will right like his punishment Mm. isn't just going through arab it's also controlling it yeah good point because otherwise he'd be like yeah i'll take the the gandhi pill and if i have to run myself through simulation to get it then sure yeah the other thing i was thinking was then that when you pulled out the quote uh he said um what could what could they have done to you know convince you not to do that to them during the original Felseed incident? And he says, "Well, you know, convince me that those characters are real feeling people and not just role playing game characters." This sort of implies that the DM doesn't consider June a real person uh, and more thinks of him as a role playing game character. Yes, um, I I see where where you're coming from, but I I don't think that necessarily i think that he's saying you know look you tried to hurt real people i'm hurting real people what's the difference when in fact there's a huge difference i think his failure is they're drawing the equivalency but not saying that it's okay to hurt fake people right Um, yeah i guess it it just felt like sort of i mean i hadn't thought about it at the time but once when you pulled it out i was like oh oh damn june didn't care that he was torturing and raping fake people and the dm might be just feel the same way like yeah none of these people actually count yeah maybe since if he knows this June is going to be, you know, eliminated in the future when he's merged with the DM anyway. I don't know. It's possible. I like where your head's at. I I mean, if I was talking to something that I believe is not to be sapient, you know, what is he just here talking to GPT-3, like killing time, you yeah. know, seeing how it's reacting to have lost a game? I So I think that, you know, he knows June's sapient on some level. Um, but I don't know. We do get well, an answer about the uh, DMPC, though. Well, we, we there, do. Yeah, there's a giant asterisk next to everything that the, mm-hmm. the DM says. But uh, other than that. Well, he says that he there was no DMPC at any point. Uh, he never took control uh, of anyone near him, uh, which I was relieved to hear because that, I don't know, I, that does make a difference to me. But what is this giant asterisk of yours? Oh, just that he could be lying, right? We, we, we have no way of fact checking him. So... If for whatever reason we don't, since we also don't really know his true purpose, he could be making he could be lying about that, right? Um, That's true, but I don't see any motivation for him to lie at this point, especially if he's like signing off now. The thing is, I I don't believe that he's signing off. Like, I don't think that. I mean, especially given what happens the next couple of chapters, like what the DM didn't know about the way out of hell. Nah, I'm not buying that for a second. 
I think mm. that he's and the way that he keeps saying it. Well, no one gets out of here. Everyone knows that. Like it's it's almost like he's you know reading it from a whatever a brochure about hell just to fuck with him, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the yeah, I, I, I aside from the paranoia, there's there's no reason that I can think of why he would lie. So I'm inclined just to take everything he's saying at his word um, until yeah. proven otherwise, because otherwise there's no point in analyzing what he's saying. So. That's a darn good point. Yeah. But one of the things he says is that you know the rules and so do I. <laughs> Was this a coincidence or did we get Rickrolled here? Uh, nothing's a coincidence. It's definitely a clue, so okay. we, can, we can totally read volumes into it. And so the rules, okay. never going to give you up, never right. going to let you down, never going to okay. run, run around and desert you, All right. make you cry or say goodbye or tell a lie and hurt you. Um, so I don't think those are the rules that Rick Astley is referring to, but I think these are good rules for us to analyze right now if we want to do that. Well, I wonder what rules he's talking about, but they're not in the song then if it's not these, I think. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I think the DM has done every one of these. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I don't know uh, if if this is it so that we can read volumes into this. If, if, if he has in fact done these when he said he was never going to, mm-hmm. then we know that he lies. So, hmm. yeah. But what if he didn't do any of these? I think the only one that he could necessarily be said to have done is that he says goodbye because he did say goodbye at the end of this. He's like, ta-ta, which cancels goodbye. He makes June cry because June has cried and he's here because the DM wants him to be here. Run around and desert you. I think that also counts as this, you know, leaving him in heck. Um, (laughs) But he didn't run around first. That's true. But (laughs) I don't know. Do you? Did he let him down? I think he let us down. He let June down anyway, right? Did he make June cry or did like some of the circumstances in the game make June cry. I mean, if, if he's writing the game, you know, if he's, if he's authoring the story, that's like, uh, you know, if Anna stuck around for the fell seed, the whole game and she started crying, you know, did yeah. June make her cry or did the DM make her cry? Right? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. So it, I don't, I don't think, it, you know, it's fair to be like, well, no, it's just the game. that hurt your feelings. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just here making everything up and telling you what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Well, fair enough. Although I don't think those are the rules. No, that's fair. Um, the other thing was that he said that uh, Arthur wasn't like you, that he he didn't want to go on adventures. Um, yeah. And that gave me this moment of like, fuck me. Did this guy hate Arthur too? Because that's seriously bumming me out. If air was a torture chamber for Arthur, then I hate the DM. I don't think so. For Well, for a number of reasons. But the first thing was uh, when, when June asks him, and with Uther... And the dungeon master like immediately corrects him. He's like, Arthur. And he looks at him with cold eyes. Right. I'll admit to making some mistakes with Arthur. So like, I think that he really liked uh, Arthur, first of all, because he won't even let June call him by the the wrong name. And uh, also, this is verification that he was Arthur's DM too. Yeah. Which is big. No, totally. My thought above, I think, was right before he said about uh, how he DM'd Arthur's game and stuff. Um, But all he had said was that Arthur didn't want to go on adventures or something. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know the, well, do you want to, do you want to talk about, we can skip down just a little bit uh, when he says that you should have seen it when Arthur took the dark King down, it was a thing of beauty. And then uh, he says to June, you think of it as torture, but he was happy for the most part, truly and genuinely happy. And I thought that he was at the very least trying to give Arthur an afterlife that he thought Arthur would have loved because Arthur loved playing these characters and he was giving him the 
the world with problems that Arthur could overcome and become Uther in. And he thought that Arthur would love that. And that, you know, he says that for the most part, he really was genuinely happy. And I'll take his word for it because he can read everyone's thoughts. But I I don't know. the If it's the afterlife thing, I, I don't know. I guess it bring, it begs the question of who the DM is then. Like it could be Uther or it could be a Raymer. It could be Tiff. You know, somebody who hates June but loves Arthur. Um, yeah. It could but, be future June like we're saying. Yeah, but then if it's future June who brought his friend back, like he put his friend through a lot. And he went through this really contrived way of giving him an afterlife when all he really wanted to do was be his friend again, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like he could have plugged him into the Matrix, although maybe he did. You know, maybe, maybe he brought him into the, into just a generic white space Matrix and they were talking and he was like, you know, I think being an action adventure hero from a fantasy story sounds awesome. And it's like, all right, well, then I'll give you that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe it worked out that way. Uh, it's not clear then why he would then later bring in younger June, but... Uh, boredom? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, it had been 500 years on air, so maybe it was 500 years for the DM and just some things changed in his life where he wanted to stick June into this world too. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. We know that time doesn't move the same in all the places. Um, yeah. Because it's been a few hours down in heck, but it's years are going by up on Earth, on Herb, so... Um, oh, 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 no. It's, I, so from what it sounds like, it that like June's soul didn't go directly down to heck or something all right we will uh we'll have to analyze that because i thought about that for a long time um, okay but i didn't actually reread the chapters maybe i missed it but yeah i guess the the last thing is that if this was like an afterlife thing for arthur i i like that idea um it but it also begs the question of like when he was struggling and he clearly was like hey look i'm over this shit you don't leave him in there trapped you certainly don't put him in endless stairs for 500 years you know yeah um maybe it's not the end of the stairs in there maybe it's something fun um who knows but <laughs> the endless hot chicks room could be i mean that was almost the felsey exclusion zone but he had to go and ruin it so oh um yeah i uh i don't know I, it is uh exhilarating though getting all this kind of information though right uh, yeah i thought the thing with uther that arthur that really bummed me out was the uh it turned out he this was not the afterlife that Arthur wanted after all, because the DM says, yeah, at the start, he gave him all these opportunities and chances. And instead, Arthur just latched onto this theater troupe and just did that for three years without doing anything with his special gifts. And uh, and that was I don't know, that makes it that makes it a lot more sad for me that Arthur just wanted to be just a regular dude living a regular life, maybe get like a little wife and a house in the suburbs or something. And instead he was forced into these adventures, which eventually I guess made him be happy, genuinely happy, but it was never what he wanted. And he had to be forced into it by having the the girl that he loved killed in front of him. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's 100% makes it more tragic. And yeah, the DM describes the death that uh, Raven mentioned that he never got over. Um, Yeah. You know, he says, oh, yeah, I sent a small squadron of the Dark Lord's forces and he could have stopped him, but he was too big of a wimp. And so Mm -hmm. that's that's what spurred him into action. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, he does say explicitly that he made air before him. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like older June, doesn't it? Or somebody found his play his game books or something, you know? I mean, it says I thought that it'd be like playing out the campaigns. So to me, that sounds absolutely like confirmation that the DM knew Arthur and was playing in June's campaigns with Arthur. And that, like, put my DM's future June probability really, really high. 
Yeah. I Although, like you said, it could have been Raymer or Tiff or someone else that played with them. Yeah. But no one else loved the campaigns and would have made this world as much as I think future June would have. It certainly seems like, I mean, it's just got June's fingerprints all over it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But there's something something unanswered for me about if if the DM is simply older June. Um, it, it doesn't feel like I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm still confused. Um, yeah. So I don't have Why all the answers. Why is he doing yet. all this? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, as a distant third possibility could be someone who heard about these games, thought they were interesting, right? Watched mm-hmm. the Matrix replays of all of them and was like, oh, that looks like fun. Oh, that kid died early. Let's give him an afterlife. But that seems kind of too far out there. This game, this story has personal stakes all over it, you know? Yeah. Um, for it to be that distant, you know, for the DM to be like an alien. It just, it doesn't strike me as uh, as super plausible. Yeah. Well, it takes us to the last uh, question where June says, why me? And the DM says, eh, does it even matter? And June says, yeah, feels like it does. Or am I going to get tortured in heck for an eternity without even knowing why? And the DM says, that's what everyone else gets. And like, I really liked that line personally, because it's just, you know, that the that's what everyone else gets line is laying out the unfairness of life, just plain flat out there. Everybody gets this. You aren't special anymore. And now you have to accept the unfairness of life, too. And having that just come crashing crashing in on the protagonist was big feels for me. I liked it a lot, although not in like a happy way, just in a this is really cool way. I totally feel exactly what you're talking about. I I think I felt the same way and then masked it immediately with anger. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, except for fuck this guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the the main and then as like I'm rationalizing the anger, which I think it's not just rationalizing because there's there's a. I think what is actually a solid point here that the DM cheated to kill June after telling him about a path that didn't lead to an eternity in heck, right? June actually got a worse deal than everyone else got. What did he? Yeah. The, Cause it would be one thing if June just like tried and failed. He's like, yep. If you do the hundred challenges or the seven trials of Hercules, you don't have to go to hell. You get to make air a better place and make, make hell a utopia. Um, he, he tells him basically that, but then he cheats and kills him. <laughs> right. Suppose so. So that that's the extra fuck you. Like it mm-hmm. if uh if the fight was if the fight against Felseed was lost on June's own merits or lack thereof, that'd be one thing, right? Yeah. But and I get it was supposed to be like the, the Felseed incident, but it doesn't make it any less fair. Um or it doesn't make it any fairer. So Yeah, but nobody gets fairness. True, but not everyone gets fucked so hard as to be like, oh, and here's this here's the thing. Ah, oh, you didn't make it. Um, you just, just the, the golden ticket was just an inch out of your grasp on everyone else just gets, you know, the promise of heck, which, uh, is a drag. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I think, uh, I do, I do like the line though. You know, that's what everyone else gets. That's, uh, that's heavy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if something changed or what on the outside of, you know, back on earth or whatever, but the DM, I don't got the impression hated June before, you know? Yeah, I agree. I didn't think so either, but maybe, Maybe he hates him more for some reason after watching how these adventures have unfolded. I think that might be part of it. Maybe something about watching the Felseed incident play out again, right? Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, that's why I hate this guy, right? And that could be. Could be. But he's becoming a better person too. Maybe, again, maybe he hates him for that. Um, That I couldn't, I wasn't a better person when I was his age. Why is he so much better? Yeah. If I had the chance that he had, I'd be, you know, I'd be crushing it. Um, Right. Could be. Hmm. Well, he does uh, take off 
and just this, leaves. <laughs> yeah, he just leaves. And uh, we get a quick uh, mention about uh, the planar disjunction again, where Falter uh, had said that the soul was incapable of crossing the planar boundary. And I know we talked about this before when it first came up, because I, I mean, I, I thought that was a really big deal. And for a long time, ever since that Falter chapter, I was nursing this idea, and I know I spread it to you too, or tried to, that maybe the Hells didn't actually have real people in them, you know? Just P-Zombies, because of that specific soul restriction, it wasn't that horrible, the DM wasn't that big of a monster. And then we get the Hellfall chapter, and no, June's here, he's obviously entirely conscious, Fen shows up, she's conscious, she's not, neither of them are P-Zombies. I was like, oh, okay, I, I don't know why exactly there's this planar disjunction thing? Maybe it was literally intended as a way to make me feel less shitty about the DM, but uh, but apparently they, there are real people here, and there have been forever, and yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you put the idea that, you know, I don't think that you implanted the idea that uh, um, the hell was populated with P-Zombies. If you did, you incepted it very subtly, because I felt like <laughs> I came up with that idea, too, but Okay, um, cool. But I think that, I mean, I think we we're both there anyway. We both liked the idea because it was, it was attractive because we don't want people suffering in hell. And there's this whole thing about, oh, souls can't go over. We, we do science on them and it doesn't affect them. And so yeah. it feels like, oh, okay, so those aren't the, those aren't the real ones. Yeah. But I guess, I don't know. I mean, it could be that the soul copy business is just there to explain why, I guess, A, the body in hell can get tortured extra bad and still recover, but also why people here can't do magic. But mm-hmm. I don't think you need some soul shenanigans for that, right? It's just like, yeah, yeah. magic doesn't work here. Yeah. Magic didn't work in most of the black site that he was at getting tortured in, you know? That's true. So, I mean, you don't you don't need to be like, oh, and there's double souls, right? <laughs> Maybe there was some kind of world building thing that just wouldn't work out when Alexander Wales was writing this, if souls could cross over. So there was a soul duplication thing instead for hell. What was that? Maybe there was some kind of world building thing that just wouldn't work outright for Alexander Wales when he was writing this up. And so he was like, look, the only way I can make this work and be be uh, internally coherent is if the soul is duplicated and created in hell. Yes. But then it makes you wonder, what did we miss? Or maybe it hasn't been exposed yet. Like yeah. the bone magic thing might be part of it, right? Bones, right, bones are magic. The soul. Yeah, because they have soul stuff in them. Yeah. Um, and if the soul goes to hell, then like, why are the bones still magic? But you could just say essence of soul, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there might be a deeper mystery here or, you know, an unsolved one. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love crack. Why is Paul that the solution to every problem? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think June is being somewhat genuine here when he says it's a funny joke. Hilarious. Uh, I, I don't know if he's saying that with just, you know, resignation and whatever, bumness in his voice or if he actually thinks it's funny but i think it's funny i'm sure mm-hmm. Fel- i'm sure follower knew how to kill Felseed too like I just hack his soul so that he's friendly right <laughs> i mean I, that might not have not worked you know only would have been one way to find out and we can't do it it's excluded mm-hmm. plus falter's dead yeah and let's be real i mean if it works someone would have tried it by now true yeah yeah controlling Felseed would be too awesome of a thing that you know soul mages aplenty wouldn't be trying their hand at it mm-hmm. but still i just why is followed up the solution to every problem because especially grack has asked that he's like because fuck that guy 
Mm. Why, why does it keep coming up? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but the, the June is in hell now and he's got a spirit blade. And, uh, I thought he was about to kick some ass with this blade because fuck, almost no one else gets that in hells, but, uh, I guess not. Yeah. I mean, without it, we learn later he's in, he's in hell 78, which means he's remarkably lucky. Um, of course it's not luck. That's where he has put, but, uh, it's, uh, he still basically gets his ass stomped trying to kill that one, uh, devil, whichever one can't fight well. I think it was a yeah. devil. Yeah. And so, you know, trying to take on like an actual demon, we, he, he'd be, he'd be boned, but apparently you get your pseudo magics down here of which like the summon blade is one of them. And, um, some of his blade bound skills, cause he does the, whatever, whatever it is when you bond with your weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Which would mean that if he was a level hundred blade bound, he'd have all the crazy ass virtues that he had when he fought onion. He'd be a fucking beast. That would be awesome. He might be able to take down some of these demons. Oh, he'd be able to take down most of them. Like yeah. he, he has the one attack that's just like this wins the fight, right? Yes. Sure. It's got but a three day cooldown or whatever, but like between that and the being able to throw your stuff and have it Captain America off and stab people in the back of the head <laughs> and like dodge mm. things that actually did hit you. Um, yeah. Yeah. He would be unstoppable. Well, Onion was only able to keep up with him because he was also master blade bound and he cheated. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Uh, should've, he should have got those skills up. Good times. Yeah. Um, I, this is kind of a question I have just, uh, a few times throughout this and maybe there's a good answer and maybe there's not, but, um, he had said something about how he'd been able to make it an hour or more without being horribly mutilated. Um, so that was something, but even the lowest of hells, it was usually possible to have a bit of a grace period, at least from what I had read. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how on earth or Arab could anyone possibly know that For, to my knowledge, Val is the only person who can see down to the lower levels of hell, right? Oh, yeah, because there's a limit to the Inferno scopes. Yeah, it's like 3,000. Like, yeah. most of hells are are out of sight. And it, and it's not the only time where he mentions, like, oh, oh yeah, because they like they know about the Crimson Sun and stuff, whatever. The Chaos Moon and all the things on the lowest hell. Like well, those, those I could understand because he said that he created the Omega Hell and the Alpha Hell, right? Well, the DM, oh, no, said, the DM said that. Yeah. Wow. Which might mean that June had the idea um, yeah. and he recognized it when he got there. Um, it's also possible that the devils told people about it, you know, where it percolated its way up. Um, the dragons apparently checked to confirm that Uther wasn't in hell, which means that they can see further down probably by talking to devils. Um, Mm. but you know, if they're going to say, oh yeah, we've got cool stuff down here. And sometimes we don't catch people for hours. Like, why would you believe them? Uh, (laughs) it's true. They are fucking devils. Yeah. I don't know. So there's just a handful of times where he's like, oh no, I read this in books. And it's like, who wrote these books? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe in the Eternal Library or the Infinite Library. Oh, that could be. Let's just go ahead and say it's from there to give me some closure so I can move on. Yeah. Uh, he does mention that if you get captured, well, not if, when you get captured, you become part of the mortal economy with the right to torture you sold to the highest bidder, your suffering commodified and utilized. And for me, this actually seems worse than traditional Christian hell in a way because... Like the additional degradation of being treated like a mo- commodity is, I, I guess it doesn't matter to the person being tortured, <laughs> whether they're being treated as a commodity or not. But like as a reader, it seemed worse to me than just the standard sadism that you get from Christian hell to have this whole dehumanized commodification aspect. The fact that it's worse probably is, you know, a feature, not a bug, right? 
Yes. People yeah. are extra bummed about the fact that like, this is hell, but plus like I'm the subject of capitalism. Like I'm literally a human resource. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even a person anymore. I'm just, I'm just a resource to be passed around and traded for a carton of cigarettes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's an extra fuck you. And then at the very end, Fen falls out of the sky and I was very happy and uh, you have an interesting comment about my happiness, which I think is a very, very fair point. Well, I, I, it's not a dig or anything. I was, I, I when I read this, I thought like, oh, Inyash is going to be so bummed. Mm-hmm. He's going to say, man, I was, I was so let down when Fen was alive. Um, yeah, that was what I predicted. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that you're happy, but I'm surprised. Like, is your love of Fen stronger than your hate of fake deaths, or do you feel like her death still counted because like it hurt and it had real stakes and this you know, isn't like jumping to an alternate dimension and grabbing a new fin. It's like an actual cop out that works. No, I'm still disappointed. Um, (laughs) My comment was based on the fact that uh, I knew this was coming and I'd been waiting to get back Finn for quite a while because I was like, oh man, I can't wait to start getting her jokes and awesome humor again. But uh, no, the first time I read it, I was like, I mean, I was still really happy to see Finn because I love Finn and she is the best probably slightly ahead of little valencia and uh at some measure ahead of val but like she just she's my number one girl and and, like i still like seeing her and having her around but i definitely disappointed that that she came back because then it doesn't feel very real on the other hand it's it's very late in the book i mean i felt the same way about hermione being resurrected that uh spoilers um we've talked about that I was very happy to see Hermione again. I love Hermione and she had like a thing to do at the end of the the novel. It's hard not to have good feelings about seeing those people come back, but also I still think it was a lame thing to do and uh, I wish it hadn't been done in the story. And I feel the same right now that even though I am happy in any individual paragraph that I'm reading that has Fen in it, like when I step back, I'm like, no, still lame to do and I wish it hadn't been done. I feel you. I think, uh, for what it's worth, this isn't just like, and then he got one of his three wishes granted, you know? Um, yeah. She, she's back, but they're in hell together, presumably forever, right? So, I mean... Presumably never, not forever. Yeah, well, I mean, not after we learned some stuff. And presumably not, otherwise they wouldn't have let her come to hell. But the whole thing is very confusing, right? So, yeah. I was wondering how she got there, how she got specifically right there. Um, you know, all this felt just way too contrived. But then we learn how those things came to be. Um, Mm. but you know, when she first shows up, I'm like, okay, she's back. That's, that's cool. But it's not like she's back and she gets to, you know, live her best life and do all the stuff she wants. Like, no, she's here in hell forever. Um, Mm -hmm. so it, it's not like giving, it's not, she didn't come back a sparkling unicorn princess. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. Um, oh, that reminds me. You said Little Valencia and then Valencia. I, th- I know you meant Little Palada, but before someone ats you on Twitter. so. Oh, yes. Uh, I did mean Little Palada and then Valencia after that. Yeah. Um, so did you get the name, the meaning for Chapter 229, Department? No. Do yeah. you? No, I, I feel like I'm missing something obvious, but... Maybe something to do with departing? Oh, uh, that's not that's not a bad guess. You know, yeah, but it's... And it's I not, don't think that's it. It's not like the devil that's interrogating them like specifically works for the Department of Interrogations or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Although maybe that's maybe that's what it's supposed to be. It's a mystery and a clue. Yes. Every clue is a mystery. Uh, that's right. Um, 
but yeah, we, so I was, when, when she first showed up, I was like, oh, sweet, Fen, fa- happy times again. And then uh, Fen is very upset at June here at the beginning because, uh, right, they, in her, um, as far as she knows, she just died. Uh, she just broke up with June before. They were having this big old argument about how June is a dick and is treating her like a child. And uh, she's she's really grumpy at him. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, this, this is not going to be a happy reunion. This is going to be like, see, I told you so, you fuckhead. And now we're dead on in hell kind of thing. That's basically what she says. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's get the I told you so's out of the way before we get tortured for all eternity. Um, so, you know, it, it's funny in our, we miss Fen Hayes. We forgot how ridiculously obstinate she can be. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's part of her character and that's part of why we love her, but it's also part of like, Oh yeah, I forgot that you annoyed me sometimes, um, <laughs> which I legit forgot. Right. Um, yeah. And you, 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 know, so you like, tend to forget she, those sorts of things when people die. Right. Yeah. And that, that's the thing is you can't, uh, that that's just how it works. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, uh yeah that, that's i think june mentioned something similar with arthur and stuff too but um the uh what was i gonna say um but then we are reminded yeah and uh it's i i feel like i had something but i can't remember which, which one it was i think it's just like moments where like she won't pay attention just like she won't focus on like the thing at hand like this giant flying demon bat coming towards them or whatever mm. she's like no who are you fucking um like <laughs> the little things like that it was like oh right that's why we were only 90 percent sad when you died uh, <laughs> oh damn the party the party's efficiency went way up when she was i mean you can't deny that they they went on to do much cooler shit when she was dead you know that was due to the power ramp up not due to fen holding them back you know it's hard to say which way the causal arrow points there but i i don't think it's that hard I think you're probably I will right. will fight you. No, I, 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 you're right. It's just, uh, I know you gotta, you gotta tease me. Totally. You gotta poke some fun. But yeah. it is, but it is just reminiscent because they, they go over briefly and I would, and I'll forget, but like she must have on a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, all of Raven, the infinite library, the dragons, gold magic, uh, the Mumrath, Mumrath, um, yeah. Yeah, all oh, the magic she's learned Anglican since arc. the respecking, mm-hmm. uh, Raymer tons. Yeah. She's been gone for a long time. Before we get to the, all that, they get captured by some demons and uh, they wake up with, well, June specifically wakes up being interrogated by a devil. The devil says, you are here for an eternity, which I know this has been like said at least two times before. So this is the third time, maybe more than that, where someone says an eternity. And th- this is just a minor gripe for me. But like, why? Why does this keep happening? Like they're pretending there's more than one eternity i can see like the first time it's just a stylistic flourish but with it happening over and over again i'm starting to be like what's guys what's going on here <laughs> for once i think it's not a clue and this is just how people talk i mean earlier friend says all eternity as if there's half of an eternity um, <laughs> all eternity at least like puts an emphasis on how much eternity there is that's that's not as bad as like trying to pretend there's multiple types of eternities or something I think it's just one of those probably like hangovers from whatever the uh, genealogy of the word, like, you know, like the phrase like figments of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Are there other kinds of figments? As far as I can huh. figure, no, but it's um, always qualified figments of the imagination. Isn't, isn't a figment kind of, hmm. Yeah. Maybe there isn't any other kind of figment. At least that's, that's what I've always, uh, uh, yeah, no thing that someone believes to be real, but only exists in their imagination. 
Okay. Is that like a definition you just looked up? Yeah. You can right click on Google. It'll just tell you. Oh, oh, oh yeah. But yeah. So uh, it, it seems like uh, it's just one of those, you know, linguistic hangovers. But yes, that's a dumb hangover. I know. Most hangovers are dumb, though. We shouldn't have so many hangovers. It's silly. But here, here's a good Fen beat. She said, he says, can you give me a second to think? And she says, we've literally got eternity. Hey, she doesn't say <laughs> N or all there. So Right. She's doing it right. Right. And also funny. Right. <laughs> can I have a second? Man, you got all the time in the world. Go ahead and take the time <laughs> you need to think, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, then she's, she's like trying to ask, like, you know, who are you sleeping with? And um, he's just like, can we do this later? And then she like won't put it down. Um mm. And uh, so it's funny because she's she seems jealous, um, and it's it's like she forgot that she had said. By the way, I want you to move on and pro- preferably bang Amaryllis. Um, yeah, but I told you this actually what I predicted would happen. She would say that she probably meant it, but she still has the the you know irrational feelings. Yeah, which and is also fair. to her, it, it feels like she just broke up with him a few hours ago or maybe the previous day. <laughs> right. And he's already married Amaryllis and banging her. And she's like, Oh, come on. Right. He's already in happy matrimony. Just like later that day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. It hasn't been months for her. No time has passed. Um, mm. I, he, he has like a nice moment where he puts himself in her shoes to try and imagine like, why is she being like this? Which he never did with her before. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he's like, okay, no, she's, trying not to think about what we need to think about which is this terrible terrible shit i totally get it um yeah and so good on him that's awesome i just i need to give him a high five this is if the dm's only gonna say he's grown some i don't know where he's what june he's looking at but this is not the june of you know 100 chapters ago yeah yeah he's come a long way definitely dm just has got a bone to pick for some reason he does we'll figure out what that bone is um all right so where is this? Uh, the devil is interrogating them. Oh, yeah. Him. Yeah. So they wake up from being unconscious and um, they like, oh, it's I, I don't know. They're they're The, the devil is giving him, uh, you know, scraps of information. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why is he? Why is the devil telling me that? It seems like I'd be better not to say. But uh, anyway, so then it's like, you know. You have a connection to the killings. How and why is unknown. How and why is unknown. Speak and be spared. But anyway, this is exactly how Val communicates with people when she's wearing devil goggles. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But now you get why it's been unsettling to me this entire time. Well, I mean, you're, you're sitting there second guessing everything. Wait, did did that? Did she blink like that on purpose? You know, why'd she say? Why'd she hesitate there? Why'd she tell me this? Like, you can't not analyze everything to be super nervous. You know. That's it. Okay, so she's harnessing it for the power of good. Yeah, um, I was going to say, you're second-guessing everything. I'm just <laughs> trusting Val to be doing the good thing, even when she's using devil powers. I think she's I think she's doing the good thing. It just feels, you know, like persuasion is a superpower. Mm-hmm. And if you're a super persuader, it's, you know, I don't know. It's like being carried by Superman. It's like, yeah, I'm glad you're here, but this is terrifying, you I, know? I think I would have more trust in Superman than you as well. I don't know if I'm just an unnaturally trusting person or whatever, but like, yeah, she talks exactly like the devils because she's channeling the devil's powers. And I'm like, but you know, but she's Val. So, so it's cool. I think the Superman thing is, is from uh like metropolitan man. And maybe it's because yeah. we were in Lois's shoes, but um, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't think it was fun or reassuring to be held by, you know, two steel beams. No, she did not. Yeah. But I, I, I it, it sounds, I mean, would you, because Spock kind of talks like this too, would you also be wary around Spock? 
Uh, no, because he's an idiot that I can easily outsmart. Uh, but, uh, what if he was not an idiot that you could easily outsmart? Then he would be dangerous. <laughs> okay, I got you. No, I, I've actually never seen an episode of Star Trek, so uh, okay. I'm familiar with the character though, and I did see a couple of the movies, uh, the new ones that you know, not not the popular ones with all the famous people. Um, oh, the new ones are terrible. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Zachary Quinto and Chris Pine and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Not John Luke Picard. No, but. Uh, June had some good quips that I just couldn't not deliver because, you know, uh, speak and be spared. And he's just like, I'm not answering any questions without a lawyer or I know I'm right. So I'm entitled to a phone call. <laughs> and he says he didn't say them, but it would have been fucking hilarious. And yes, it would have. Thank you for saying them to us because it was great. It would have been awesome. <laughs> and honestly, with phone how- call. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, with how good devils are at reading people, he probably could tell that June was about to say or thinking something like that anyway. But the best thing is, it's like, it's an Earth reference that they wouldn't get. It, it'd, yeah. be, it'd be so inscrutable. But like, does he really think, what's a, first of all, what's a phone call? And second of all, does he really think that he, he's entitled to anything? What the hell is he talking about? He's being funny, but I don't get the joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, missed opportunity, but that's okay. It was, yeah, well, it, it was, we still got to hear the joke. So it was not missed for us. That's right. June is saying uh, is playing with this uh, devil here because he realizes that uh, they got Val on their side, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I, you think I have some relation to the weapon that's been killing Infernals, and you locked me up. Do you think that's wise?" And then the devil nods. It's like, "You want to offer me a deal? You would not honor the deal. You hate me and would not spare my life." And like, first of all, I wanted to say that June is a fucking genius because that would not have occurred to me. I don't think certainly not under that kind of pressure to be like, oh, yeah, uh, I'll have Val kill all you fuckers unless we make a deal right now where you let me free. But like also, dude, when the devil's like you would not honor the deal, it's going to be really hard to negotiate with a devil that can read your mind. So two quick thoughts. One, yes, uh, negotiating with with something that can read your mind is hard, especially I mean, he, he kind of gets around that just by actually meaning it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, social is a dump stat, man. Who needs no, social? No, it's when not. You, when you, who needs social skills? You're the one when you're the one with the bigger stick. <laughs> and he's like, and I, I guess... got the power of God and anime on my side. What do you got? Nothing. <laughs> Plus, the, the devil has you know social one million. So no matter how much social put in his stats, it would wouldn't help him at all. So might as well be a dump stat in this situation. Yeah, he just needs the bigger stick. I guess so. Yeah. Love it. It's perfect. This was like, you're right. I, I definitely didn't think of this. Like Mm. let's, let's threaten them with uh, the terrifying prospect of eternal uh, oblivion. Um, Mm -hmm. I sort of have Val on my, on my side, although where the fuck is she? Uh, (laughs) Right. Cause the really cool thing is this works. Like he, he, the devil nods and goes over and lets him out of the restraints. And I, the reason that it works, uh, one of the reasons, is because June says, no, I would honor the deal. I've honored deals with people that I hate. And, you know, I'm sure he's thinking back to blue in the bottle right here. And the devil, you can't lie to the devil. The devil sees him. He's like, oh, yeah, no, I guess he does honor those deals. And I just love the fact that being trustworthy paid off. That So I guess I kind of like message fix, fiction that has a morality aspect to it. And it's nice to have my personal idea that people... Uh, should be trustworthy, reinforced in fiction that like, even when it comes to something like dealing with the devils, being a trustworthy person works out to your advantage. And it did here. And I, I wanted to cheer at June for that. 100%. No, I mean, it's it's also just uh, some of the fun slithering, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the kind of thing that would get Voldemort to cooperate as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I actually believe you. So I'm going to cooperate. <laughs> it, yeah. it was just a really cool moment. Like, oh, this is how they're, this is the first step to getting their victory in hell. And if June was the kind of person who did defect in a prisoner's dilemma and didn't honor his word, then this wouldn't have worked because devils can see through lies. That's a good point. Yeah. It's only because he has a history of, of doing this sort of thing that it works. Um, yeah. Because I think I have a long practiced or a, a well-trained muscle of questioning everything that a devil says by being super wary of Val for the last 200 chapters. Um, <laughs> right. I was immediately concerned the second the devil cooperates with him. Ah. I'm like, and right, basically up until the end of the next chapter, I was... I was worried that this was all a ruse. Okay. Because again, if you're playing, you know, one level higher than June, you're like, oh, I'm going to let him think he's got me. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what, what can I do to do that? Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll untie him because that's no risk to me. Sure. Then I'll leave. And then I'm going to put on an Amaryllis suit and come back in. Um, mm. Like all of that. There is basically, and I'll, I'll point out the little beats where I'm like, oh shit, this, this could be a total fake out. But I was worried about that the whole time. Like it did this, this was like, uh, guarded optimism for me, yeah. But I'm just like, shit, that's gonna bite him in the ass, like, because because he, he's getting what he wants, which you're never getting what you want with a with an intelligence that's malicious and doesn't want to work with you, you know? Yeah, it'll it'll just let you think you are. That's true, but it seems like things are working out. So yay, <laughs> it does seem all right. Yeah, and I have to say that I'm very happy with this entire uh, chapter because it's it's not physical conflict; it's social conflict. And, like, I was expecting the sort of, like, social hacking, negotiating deception game back when June was in the black site uh, because, you know, he was without any magic and tied up and everything. And then I was disappointed that it was an action scene instead. Uh, even though it was a good action scene, I still wanted, like, something with with social stats interacting uh, as the conflict. And then we got that here instead, finally, because he's just completely physically outmatched and has to do this instead. And I was really glad to finally get that scene that I wanted. Yay. All it took was for him to die terribly and go to hell. But we got the scene where he got to uh, have to talk his way out of a situation rather than fight his way out. You know, that's literally the important part. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, I, but I agree. It, it, I liked how things shook out in the black site, mainly because I wanted to see their comeuppance. And him talking his way out wouldn't have given me that sweet justice boner, but okay. Uh, I mean, wasn't it great when they all got what they deserved? It was, it when, was. when they all got killed. Yes, <laughs> I'm still not sure if it's what they deserve, but yeah, right, yeah, what it felt like they deserved. Now, of course, they they had, they had to you know ruin our fun by saying, but they were people and they had feelings, and it's like, well, shut up. I don't. <laughs> I know that, yeah. but come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, no, this this was a lot of fun. I mean, what's great too is, you know, he we saw them try their hand at at fighting their way out. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it wasn't even a contest. It wasn't even close. Yeah. And so and was like, that was only level 78 demons. Right. So that was never going to work. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, they he he successfully uh argues his way to freedom. Um yeah. And the devil has the same pamphlet that the DM was reading from. It just says there's no escape from the hells. Um mm. And Fenn says, yeah, well, then I guess you'll have to set up a villa somewhere. They brought in Fenn at this point. Um, set us up a little villa and we'll get waited on hand and foot and murder anything that comes within 20 miles of us. And then I think it's trying to give, you know, talk back more or something. But then she's just like, is this fucking guy threatening us? And um, I, I love how, like, she catches on so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't say Val. She doesn't say, you know, how the weapon works. 
But she's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, no, I'm in on the weapon business too, and uh, yeah, so you better you better do what we say. Um, mm-hmm. And she's selling it too. Uh, mm-hmm. She's she's acting. This is like her, you know, thirty something years of training to act like she's not giving a shit, coming in perfect uh, timing here because she gets to convincingly just like nonchalantly point over her shoulder like, is this guy, is he threat? Is this guy actually threatening us? What, who does he think he is? <laughs> right. um, when in fact, she's just not pissing her pants because she's already pissed. Right. And so yeah. um, no, she, uh, she's nailed it. She it's left awesome. her piss in the other pair of pants. Exactly. Which is to say they're both nude. It's just sitting back in the other room. But yeah, uh, there's a scene seeing of the fact that they're both naked. Like they're taking turns sitting on like the one stool in the room or something. Mm-hmm. And it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. of course it is it's <laughs> it's like it's not it's only a little better than the floor <laughs> like, yeah this fucking place <laughs> at least the floor wasn't made out of broken glass yeah not in this one um yeah anyway uh it's just she oh but in in what i want to call it typical fend fashion she also then goes on to name drop amaryllis mm-hmm and which as soon as she said that it struck out to me too i was like oh god no don't say any name like that don't give them any info yeah and that's like a huge piece of information right yeah yeah i guess that said who knows how many people they've talked to i guess june and emerilis were married uh yes in front of the court before shia labeouf attacked right Mm -hmm. so some people definitely died and weren't rescued there so the fact that emerilis pendrag was married to juniper smith was already known yeah. I guess did they know he was June? Uh when Amaryllis comes in, she says, Yes, they know that you're June. The word had gotten out. I wonder if it's partly because she said Amaryllis, but that's not their speculation. But yeah. maybe maybe they can tell whose soul is whose. Like they don't have to do like a whole who are you kind of thing. Dude, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um They knew somehow. Yeah, they knew somehow. Yeah. June is uh speaking to Fen about the onion fight. And one of the things, while they're waiting for the the demon to come back, the devil to come back, uh, one of the things he says that, if I'm being honest, and it makes me feel a little bad looking back on it, I loved it. I loved the mastery, the dominance, I loved clowning on him, the close calls coming out on top. And I I think that, you know, this kind of thing just is intrinsically rewarding, and it's one of the reasons that I believe Arthur was mostly happy, because he got a lot of these moments all the time. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And I'm glad that you brought it back to Arthur, too, because I didn't make that connection. But you're right. I assume, because I, you know... I can't speak from experience, but I think being fucking badass is awesome. Yeah. Right? Just that, being, that my assumption too. being as cool as you think you are and playing it up all the way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when, when Amaryllis is like, go out there and, you know, win immediately. Don't, don't goof around. He's like, no, I was thinking of hamming it up for the crowds, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. give me a blindfold and uh, three throwing stars. Let's, let's do this. Like, mm-hmm. um, it, yeah, that, that level of, of badassery is, is, uh epic and i think intrinsically enjoyable i think you're you're spot on there's just something about uh especially when you've earned your way to the top you know like he didn't quite go the long way but he didn't put in the cheat code you know it was still hard and it still had costs yep and so when you've when you've earned that uh that skill it just it's it's awesome you're like oh this is great it's not like i just put in the the infinite health cheat in, in the game it's like no i'm i'm just this good now yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh so fen actually is a big fan of onion it turns out and at first i was like wait what but then she points out that yeah there are stupid pricks all around you you don't fit in with their uptight shit you get the better of them through grit and determination 
You can see how that appealed to me, right? Especially to a teenage version of me. And I absolutely could as soon as she put it that way. And it just reminded me how much I love Fen and how much I missed her. Yeah, I I had the same. I was on the same train that you were of of emotions there. She was like, wait, that onion, like the the impressive one. He's like, yeah, that's the one. You mean the guy who like, you know, would spit in a guy's face and then rape his wife and then kill him. And like, you know, that guy's awesome. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Ben? Um, <laughs> yeah. And then then, yeah, she explains. It's like, you know, remember my tragic backstory? I would have loved to be that powerful. It's like, oh, OK, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So also, she didn't mention the rape his wife part. Didn't. Wasn't there something? She just said oh, spit in his him. face and then kill him. That's yeah. right. There was maybe no. Uh, yeah, she wouldn't have mentioned that part. In fact, that might have just been some of the propaganda, right? Right. We do yeah. know that he goaded people into murdering them. Yeah. But it could just be people that he hated or people that he just, you know, looks at him funny, right? Right. But yep. there's still something about, you know, being above the consequences, being able to do whatever you, whatever you want that definitely would appeal to a teenage Fen. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so then, then that, yeah. that badass, that's the one I, I casually crushed. Right. Awesome. You should have been there. Yeah. He was being a pompous, annoying, rich prick. And I taught him, you know. Stop being such a stupid noble. I humbled him. Yeah. I humbled him three times. Wait, what? He, I said he humbled him three times because he killed him three times. Oh, okay. We're talking about Onion now. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, they, yeah, they're, they're reminiscing and they have some really great moments. And I just, I, I really enjoyed that, that talking back and forth and that catching up. And then he drops the bomb that he slept with the locust, and Fen just starts laughing because it's it is really pretty fucking hilarious, especially the way he delivered it. But then uh, you know she just keeps laughing and goes hysterical, and uh, she says, "Yeah, it's all part of it. That's what they do in the hells. You have these nice moments, and they're just so the bad moments feel worse. They're feeding us for the slaughter." And like she's crying and just totally having a meltdown. And goddamn, it was it was brutal, and it just made me realize how much the hells really suck if they're doing this to Fen already. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's, you know, June's been on air for, I forget how many subjective days it was, but like a year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's lived with the looming threat of, you know, an eternity in hell forever. Well, for 40 years. Well, right. But her whole life. Yeah. And so she's, she's just like, you know, this is it. I, I can't actually fully enjoy myself because I've been dreading this moment my entire fucking life, you know? Yeah. Especially because lots of times she runs into exclusion zones to loot them and she might die there. No one to bottle her. Yeah. No, it's madness. Um, but yeah, uh, I I get I, I loved those moments, too. Like the, there's a lot of quick lines back and forth. He's trying to, like, you know, catch her up real fast. Oh, yeah. Skin magic got excluded. Scar magic. So all the elves are pissed. And oh, yeah, I went to went to Celestar. Yeah, I flew <laughs> there when I was a gold mage. You know, she's like. <laughs> I feel like you could be fucking with me, but I'll buy anything right now just because of all the, the stuff you've you've done. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, but he doesn't specify that the doe was that when he had sex with the locust, that they were both deers and or people. Mm-hmm. So she just gets to picture the stepladder version of this. <laughs> and maybe that's why she started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so when Amaryllis came in, that's how the yeah. chapter ends. How did mm-hmm. what were your do you remember your thoughts on your initial read? Uh, my thoughts were, I'm glad the next chapter's out. I'm going to keep going. That's what I figured, which is totally legit. Um, I think that that's probably most people's thoughts. Is like, oh, good. Let's see what happens. Um, I I try, you know, because I'm trying to drag these readings out for as long as I can. But my, my first thought was like, well, didn't see that coming. Um, then I was thinking, I hope she didn't take the stupid way down here. 
the one way road. Um, yeah, which she did, but she explains yep. and it's, you know, stupid out of necessity. Um, mm. and then I was concerned. I was like, wait a minute, you know, the, the devil leaves mysteriously to go like explain the situation or whatever. And mm. it's gone for a long time. And then Amaryllis walks in and then starts bossing them around and telling them to shut up the next chapter and stuff, which again is super yeah. like her, but is also a lot like the, you know, deflecting. So you won't blow my cover kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I was I was super nervous for a while, but I'm, it worked I out. do not blame you at all because that is highly sus. But there's enough plausible things that are happening and some like they come across dead demons or June does. Right. Yeah. And lots. so like, well, that's the thing is like if if they're if they're not dead, it's that if you see this guy coming lay down like that message got that got <laughs> put out to all the hells. Right. So I, I get the impression that they're actually dead and this is actually the plan. Um, yeah. And things are things are coming along and these are really his friends. So um, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, round of 230. I mean, at least one of the demons uh, devils got flayed apart. So uh, probably he wasn't just laying down. Not it, flayed, but, you know, torn open with his own claw. Oh, right. But I think he was. Oh, yeah, he was already. He was probably dead out. I. I don't know why. Yeah, I, so he wasn't just laying down. Right. I don't know why I assumed that the sun killed it. Of course, the sun probably nurture, nourishes him. No, you're right. Uh, Val killed him and then they gutted him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they gutted him specifically because the demons, uh, the things native to that hell aren't hurt by the sun. So she could wear his skin and it'd be safe. Right. Well, good. I'm glad. Uh, this this is reassuring for me. All right. So we're on to two. Did I say 229 was the last chapter? I think I did because I forgot to change the numbers. Uh, that was 232. This is 233, Tartarology. Ah, yes, yes. We, we did forget to change the numbers, but that's okay because you have just corrected that. Classic uh, whoopsie-daisy. Yes, but as you were saying, uh, Amaryllis is very bossy. She's like, shut the fuck up. We don't have any time at all. Don't ask anything that isn't decision critical. Here's what's going to go down. And Fen says, she wasn't this prickly when I was on air. I'm sure it's a coincidence that she also got married to you in the meantime. And then she's like, okay, okay, sorry. That was the last time. And I just, you know, I, I love Fen. This was great. Even, even in these situations, she can't not throw out one last joke. And I think we got a better understanding of her, you know, when about right before she died and then after, you know, it's like, this is all her defense mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And so we just watched her, you know, and like, I think the other thing that was like making her, like laugh slash cry hysterically was uh um when she you know like slaps her hand on her on her leg when she's laughing like her skin sloshes off sloughs off because of the yeah. the yellow snow that got on it right mm-hmm. and she's like oh right that super fucking hurts this is hell like i'm losing my mind um but no this is just like her funny way of uh you know being able to um i don't know keep the keep, keep her sane. yeah keeps keep sane keep herself grounded you know so I like it. I can, I can sympathize with it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so I think. Uh, can can you explain to me what you think happened with the time business? So, Fen, uh, she thinks it's only been an hour since their fight uh, that killed her because they were keeping her soul basically in stasis somewhere. Uh, so she could have been kept in in stasis for I don't know how long it is before the souls disappeared there there is some some time limit and then the soul kind of fades away right like three years and that, three that, years that's why so. i thought they might have dumped her here was because like oh we're running out of time um okay but it seems like it was also part of their plan of like well we've got the way to get people out of hell um but it seemed to be coming up pretty close on the end of that clock 
But yeah. I thought that June, it's not clear to me how June didn't land here right away. Uh, that is also not clear to me because uh, it seemed like his head got cut off and then he's plummeting into the hells, right? Well, that would be his his experience just like it was Fens, right? If he was bottled, yeah. but like what, Felsey bottled him? I don't know. Uh, I, I will say that I was very confused when I read this, the same confused that you are, and I actually don't want to say anything else now that I'm um, thinking about it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said earlier that thing that I did. Uh, but that you were confused? Is, You're fine. I, okay. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, no. no I, I, I was very confused as well, but it sounds like three years have passed up top because like, they managed to get magics excluded, including rune magic. Uh, some other shit happened up there. So I, I think it's been roughly three years since either Fen died or June died. And uh, that would be at least two years since June died. So I think there's... Th- there's been a significant time gap where June was suspended for some period. Yeah, I think, you know, if I thought about it for another minute, I would have got there myself just because what I was going to say is like, well, it's distinctly plausible that time just runs differently in hell. Um, yeah, that was my initial thought as well. But we've we've seen windows into hell mm-hmm. and it's not running at bullet time. Yeah. And so like, you know, when Val was killing that stadium full of people, they weren't they weren't fleeing at, you know, uh the crawling glacial pace of of a canyon being formed, right? Mm-hmm. They they were running. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, unless the infernoscopes also dilate time the other way to or contract time, I don't know what it would need. Um, so, but yeah, that, that wouldn't even work. Yeah. So yeah. I think uh, it. You're right. There seems to be some for some reason. June was held up top. His soul was for about as long as possible. And it also solves the mystery of why the hell did it take Val so long to find him? Yeah. Because apparently they they have the way of, well, this was news to us, or at least to me, that um, when you die, you go to roughly the same physical area that you were in up top. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, X number of layers deep. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, if knowing that, it should have taken Val all of five minutes to find him. Yeah. Right? Like, Let me scan the hells in the Felsey Exclusion Zone. Um, yeah. So the reason that she didn't find him right away was because he'd been gone for three years. Well, um, she can't literally see anything. She has to like kill a demon and take their memories and then she'll see everything the demon saw, right? Right. But it would at least uh, explain why it took a little while. Um, yeah. Because you'd think she'd be keeping her eyes on that area, right? Right. Yeah. Especially right after they left. Oh, no. There is one more confusing thing. Uh, and th- this was the, the time dilation business. I'm actually still confused. Um, June met that guy who spoke gibberish when they got here Yeah, and was like, Hey, I'm going to go kill that demon guy. And the guy's like, blah, blah, and runs off apparently to go tattle. Yeah. And so that got the word out. And Amarillo says, hell has had three years to prepare because that guy tattled. Oh, no, no, no. I think, um, she means three years to prepare since, uh, they found out that Val has been killing things because it's been about three years since uh, they found Val and Fen has died. So they've had three years to like ramp up being like, what's going on? They put the thing in play where they're inter- interrogating new souls. That's that's what, again, why I don't think why there has to have been like three years that have passed on Arab. They didn't know much, but virtually our only method of interacting with the Hells is killing Infernals, and doing that puts us at risk. The Infernals have had three years to put their systems in place. They've gotten better at using methods that can survive our attacks. Okay. 
Yeah, you're right. It's not relating to the guy who tattled. Um, it's relating to Val. Okay. And don't worry about clarifying things. You're not like ruining the story or whatever or spoiling stuff. You're just you're being more literate than I am. And that's part of the joy of reading with people so that they can be like, no, wait, you didn't see that part? Um, yeah, exactly. Because I have those moments too. Yeah, no. That, so that, that makes sense. Okay, so... And also, I do think that this this section of chapters was just kind of confusingly written. It uh, it, it's not clear exactly how much time has passed or how it, that that has happened. And uh, I was certainly had my head spinning while I was doing this. There's actually a part where there's a confusing, at least one or two confusing um, phrases that I, I almost want to call them typos. Like when when June wakes up and he's being tortured. Um, or being interrogated, uh, there's like one line after another, um, where it's like, I'm trying to find it really quick. Um, sorry. Uh, I've got it. Oh, my... I know what you're talking about. Cause I actually read through your notes this time since I was mostly laying in bed, being in pain today. Um, the, the one where, uh, the devil said one thing and then there's a line break and then the devil said again, a different thing. Yeah. But it, it definitely made it seem like two people were talking. It it did at first. I also had to look back on that. I think there should have been something in the middle, like there was a silence, and then like the devil continues by just having it spaced like that without um without a a action break. It did for me seem like it was switching speakers. And since there two speakers both were the devil for a minute there, I thought there were there were two devils or something. Yeah, I only bring that up because it's not impossible that you know Alexander's audience was doing their best to mutiny in the week between the last chapter and this one. And so uh, like, I don't think there was any delay in between these chapters. They all just came out in a big block. Right. But I think that they were coming out a week after he died. Right. Oh yes. And yes. so I think maybe he might've maybe, maybe some of this will get cleaned up in the, the re-release um, or maybe not. Maybe it's confusing because hell's confusing and June's a little discombobulated. So, um, but I only brought that up because if I'm a little confused, I think some of the writing wasn't, uh, as clear as it often is. Um, yeah. but in any case, you know, if, you know, like the, the, the book can't come out and say, well, I guess this one actually could. Um, if you're confused right now, it's because I want you to be confused. Cause I was confused. Um, that's true. It, it has said something similar in the past. Right. Th- this is only, yeah. this is about the only book that could get away with that, but most books <laughs> right. can't, right? Yeah. If you're confused, it's, it's because, well, either it's bad writing or you're confused because the author is making you confused because they want you to be confused. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if things are moving fast and it's hectic in hell, like that's kind of the vibe. So, uh, I can't fault anyone for it. Um, all right. So thanks for helping me get my head around that. Oh yeah. No problem. Amaryllis reveals a few things to them. One of them that she killed herself and had her soul injected, which you already mentioned and is just fucking hardcore. Oh my God. Um, and then the, before they're about to leave, uh, June's like, Oh wait, 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 there's a devil I made a deal with. And Amaryllis is like, he's already dead. And June's like, oh, because he he really had intended to honor that deal. And I thought that was kind of a bummer. I don't know if they could have let him live or not realistically, but I, too, wanted June to honor his deal because that's a good thing, as I said when we were talking about the last chapter. And it sucks that it didn't work out. Totally. Uh, I hear where you're coming from. In general, breaking a deal is wrong. On the other hand, June didn't have a say in this one being broken. Right. He didn't get to be like, aha, now I'm betraying you. Um, yeah, yeah. It's so just a bummer. Yeah. Not, yeah. Just a bummer. Um, but we've got to keep in mind, too, that like they're literally hell spawn. Okay, it's not even really that much of a bummer. <laughs> but but I mean, I, you know, the fact that it worked, they were able to come to an amp- to, to an agreement, 
You know, yeah. it's there's something about the fact that you can negotiate with this entity that seems to make me want to feel like it has some sort of moral worth, but right. They maybe they could have come to an agreement of some kind or something. They basically did, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Um, but but I feel yeah, it. I felt the same sort of like, oh, shoot, when I learned that it died, too. And I'm like, wait, why am I feeling bad for a devil? Um, it's like, well, because it it was honoring its word, too, you know? Yeah. It, just like uh, the Hitler analogy from earlier. Like, it didn't choose to be a devil with its terrible, terrible psychology. Right. It's just, yeah. it's, it's as fucked by this as everyone else is. Well, it's also fucked up by the situation. Not as much as the people it's fucking, but. Um, <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's a lose-lose for everybody for the most part. Um, exactly. So Amaryllis lays out the plan, and she says that they have to get to the Omega Hell, which sounds like it's going to be super hard. Right, but it's easy and also peasy. <laughs> you just have to die over and over, which gets harder the further down you go because your body can take more punishment. Mm-hmm. And not one time does he just jump his face into the sword, um, at least not that we saw. We only see him die a few times. But Well, see, he he has like in addition to him having an extra resilient body in hell i don't think that works even in the real world where you have frail weak human bodies i mean he cuts his throat and wrists just by standing there through sheer force of will and then lets himself bleed out you're telling me he couldn't just stab himself in the head yeah yeah because like the skull is actually pretty thick and pretty good at stopping those kinds of blows like i mean obviously someone else can do it if they're winding up but getting the angle on your own head i think is pretty hard hard enough at least that He'd be risking, you know, incapacitating himself and not killing himself by a fair bit. That's valid. I mean, he is super strong. And while his muscles grew really strong, I don't think his bones grew any denser. But I might be, I might be mistaken. Uh, well, I mean, the, the traditional way to kill yourself in the pre-modern time, uh, if you're a warrior, is to fall on your sword. Which means, you know, placing it between your third and fourth rib and then falling forward. Which uh, it was was the way that they did it because that was the easiest way to do it. And I don't think it would work so well if you like tried to put your sword in your mouth and then fall on that. Like they, they had this figured out. Well, I, I suppose you also looked better when they're burying your corpse too. If you got, if you stabbed yourself in the heart rather than in the face, but uh, <laughs> that's true. You know, he could have wedged up between rocks and just like flung his head at it, but you're right. Then why risk incapacitation when he could try his other methods? Like, yeah, it's metal as fuck. He like swan dives off a cliff <laughs> and like, awesome. he, he angles his head for a rock. It's like, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, he's, he's not he's not <laughs> wincing at all. And yeah. I don't know how they're going to get out of this where, you know, he's had to go. He had, he had to do all this. And then he's just like, what, going to shake it off and go back to work? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but yep. Fen, God. All right. So Fen rocks. She says, I've got a bad feeling about this. I chose the wrong week to stop, to stop sniffing Clue. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Have you seen the movie? Oh, yeah. That was from Airplane. Um, yeah. I made that joke to myself once out loud. I was in a car accident in 2019. And uh, that was like, well, that was, I don't know, the time before the last time that I quit vaping was like within that couple of week period. Okay. And I got out of the car as I'm like kind of like staggering, catching my, my bearings to go check on the car behind us that hit us. I just said to myself out loud, it's like, I chose the wrong stop sniffing glue. And <laughs> it, awesome. It, I hope people heard you. No, there was no one around. It was, it was for me, Damn it. but uh, okay. you know, it was, it, it was uh, one of my funny moments. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, if I was on camera, which, you know, I have this Maybe weird psychosis where I think sometimes that I, I, you know, that that movie, The Truman Show, which I haven't seen, but I'm familiar with the premise. Oh, it's uh, so good. I've had this, I've had that, like, oh, there's got to be a word for it, but this 
background low-level neuroses that like maybe I'm being watched every second of every day. I've had that since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you were raised Christian too, right? Only vaguely. Oh, were, well, but, were you told that God can see everything you do and think at all times? Yeah, but it was never so much that like God could see me. It was more just like, you know, what if I'm embarrassed by something that someone sees? Like, you know, I don't know if I was ever like, and God's going to be, you know, think that you're silly for whatever, right? Or like God's okay. going to laugh at this joke. Uh, yeah. It's like, th- those. I don't know. I But anyway, no, th- I this wasn't neurosis. I, I was this was just a... Uh, this was me just being funny to myself, trying to like lighten the mood after like, cause we were, we were at a stoplight and we were hit from behind at like 40 miles an hour. Um, Oof, on the plus side, they were in a smaller car and we were in a Forester. So, um, we drove home and her car got basically taken home in two pieces. Um, Jesus, she was fine. Her leg was bruised from the air, from the lower airbag going off. And that was it. So everybody won. Um, they make some damn good crash resistant cars nowadays. Right. Well, what's funny is like the the car is annihilated. So, but yeah, well, that, by crash what, resistant, I meant the the person inside isn't hurt. Exactly. That's what you want. You you want your car to be ruined after an accident. Yes. You, you want all to, the force should go into the car, and none into the person. <laughs> exactly. You want it to buckle at all the places. You want it to just be you know a, a, a smushed cube afterwards, a cube from which you can be safely extricated, where you're where you're damage free. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That that was that. But anyway, high five, Fen. She. uh she should have brought some glue to sniff. That would have helped to ease this along. Is there no drugs in hell? Probably not good ones for humans. No, nah, yeah, I would assume not. The the drug that is in hell is that suffering of humans. Lame. Uh, so June is getting to getting to do some suffering here as he's trying to kill himself because dying is never that pleasant. Controversially, uh, I wasn't a fan of dying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He doesn't say it that way, but I'll I'll never forget that sassy grack line. It was great. Uh, June is thinking as he's killing himself all these times that uh, if I was being charitable, and I definitely wasn't in the mood for that, then the message was that you had to get through some heinous shit sometimes, and that was a part of life, of getting to the good stuff, but it wasn't a message that resonated with me. And I don't know, I think June is being too simplistic here, because that's not that's not a very like good message. Like that That same message could be said of every single part of Worth the Candle. You got to get through the heinous shit to get to the good stuff. You know, it's it underlies every book that has adversity in it. And honestly, it's such a fundamental part of being alive in the non-transhuman future that I don't think it even needs to be explicit in anything because it's already implicit in everything. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like he needs a reminder that like sometimes shit's shitty and you got to swim through it to get to the good stuff. Yeah. Um, he's literally in hell. But so I think. There's, there's something more to it there. Um, but it could just be that like that, that lesson really never is like, unless someone tells you, you know, um, Hey, sometimes stuff's tough. Like rarely is life like slamming a message in your face like that. Mm-hmm. And so like, even in every book where it's like this, cause it is every book or every story or every, literally anyone's life. Um, mm-hmm. it rarely is it, is the message delivered so intently and so it I at least gets, it gets some like originality points message. for that. No, I agree. But okay. it makes me think that if it was, it would at least be doing it differently by just being yeah. like super heavy handed with it. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You hold the heaviest of hands as I, as I remind you that sometimes stuff is sucks and you got to you gotta get through it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, it, it's certainly it's a fact that he, you know, was he did he attempt suicide? Did he ideate super hard? I mean, it however we want to put a put a label on it he was he was suicidal right yeah and now he's being told for the greater good and for your own life you must die 20 times 
Um, And so he's like, okay, kill myself over and over. Got it. I, my whole life have been training to not do that. But (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but it's not really dying because it just wakes up a second later. No, but he's got to fight every impulse that, you know, like I'm told from some random internet thing, probably the same bullshit that was made up that like people eat X spiders per year. Um, Mm, Yeah. I'm told that it's not, that it's not all that difficult to bite through your finger, like at the joint, like biting into a carrot. Um, I think that's a lie. I think that's a lie. Um, But like, it's what's not hard. Well, it's not that hard to grab my finger and bend it backwards and break it. Right. Right. If I, if I had no warning bells in my head to say not to do that, I could. Um, The thing is like that, that siren in my head is so loud that I don't think I actually could unless you had a gun to my head. Yeah. Like I, you know, maybe that gun could take the form of a million dollar check, but like, right. it, it would be really, really hard to overcome that. And he's got to fight that urge down, not just to break his finger, but to like, he stands there and cuts his throat, right? Yeah. Like that's metal as fuck. And I, I'd have to get a $2 million check for me to do that. You know, like <laughs> I, I, uh, I, so I think there's something just about like the, the intense contrast with like, oh, you, you're, you survived suicide. Uh, you, you survived being suicidal. Um, now die a bunch at your own hand. There's something mm-hmm. something twisted in that, right? Yeah. Is that is that the purpose? Maybe just just one of those really twisting it in kind of things. That's sort of what I'm thinking about. I I'm I'm sort of just spitballing because I think you're right that this message is too simplistic. So what what could the message be? June's not feeling charitable, and he's busy dying over and over. Um, so well, we can, I don't think we can, there necessarily needs to be any message at all. It could just be a, like a cool way to get through a, an action sequence. It's like a reverse action sequence where instead of trying not to die, you have to try to die. Hmm. I mean, it's true. It is that. And that is its own level of fun and interesting. But I don't know. I feel like, you know, everything in every story is there for a reason. Right. And it's like, so why this? Why not something else? Uh, you know, it, it could have been something different, but no, it had to be. And, you know, there might just not be an answer. could just be because this was a fun idea that he had. And this is this was consistent with everything else he had planned for how hell was supposed to work. But like, I I guess maybe if there wasn't an intended message, you know, we could still read into it just like you can with like, oh, well, no, that's why this character was wearing blue in that scene because of this. Right. right? Um, Yeah. But at some point, maybe it becomes pointless. So it also. For us, it was just a few paragraphs. For June, it was probably quite a process to go through this long thing of killing yourself and over and over and over. And maybe that's like for him, why he had more time to think on this and be like, what is the the purpose behind this? Whereas for us, it was just like, yep, that's a few paragraphs and we're on to the next thing. There's one where like he had to go find a mortal like in some little village and he convinced <laughs> her to drop like a furnace or like to blow a furnace up in his face or something. He got into a blast furnace. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> it, you know, hey, I'm really sorry to trouble you. Can you can you help me blow myself up? I, I'm having trouble killing myself. You see, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't seem to bleed here, as I'm sure you've noticed. Uh, right. I'm gonna try my luck further south. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, he yeah, he's thinking about uh, this message thing some more, and he says, "Being told that you have to wade through shit while you're wading through shit isn't actually helpful." And I didn't know why people thought it was, uh, which is actually a thing that happens quite a lot in in real life, um, but. Honestly, I think sometimes a reminder helps, uh, especially like a reminder in the form, not a reminder as if someone's saying like, yep, you just got to 
eat your medicine, go through some shit, because that's always shitty. But like a reminder, I mean, in the form of a a fictional work where you're reading people going through shit to get to the other side, like an enjoyable kind of reminder. And, you know, I, I think that the the most impactful objection to that sort of reminder is that uh sometimes you get told oh yeah just get through the shit and you get to the good stuff and it actually looks like the shit waiting is infinite and there is no good stuff left to get to and that's what makes any of those messages feel like complete bull trite bullshit and and results in suicide but uh but it, it is sometimes nice to know that you know after you go through all the sorts of hell on earth kind of thing at the end you get to rescue the princess or whatever it is you know at the end of the movie yeah no i like that and i you know there's a a name for it in stoic meditation that i can't remember but basically where you visualize things going badly um Mm. and uh it's not the same thing as like flinching into the darkness or whatever from the sequences it's more specific than like what if what if the scary belief but you just like you put yourself in the mindset of like what if i woke up today and my spouse was dead no, and yes, and and you just meditate on the feelings of that. I it's not, sounds it's, like a terrible idea. Fuck the Stoics. I I don't love the idea either, but I think they're onto something in that it it's a it's a gratitude exercise, uh, uh, and, and it really trains it because then you know if you're sitting there thinking that for three hours and then your spouse comes home, you're like, oh god, I'm like, this is the level of happy I should be to see you all the time. Yeah, you know? and so I guess I bring that up because. I think being told to, you know, you have to wait through bullshit while you're waiting is less helpful than like maybe reminding yourself of that once in a while when things are going well. Yeah, that's a damned good point. You know, it's like, well, at least you've got your health is like one of those stupid things that people say. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most time, for most people, it's true most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, well, you know, I don't know, find things to be happy about, consider how they could be worse. I think there's some sort of balance to, to walk there, but. Like when someone's going through tough shit, like, I don't know what to say either, you know, yeah. like, I don't, I don't know what I would say to myself when I was in my, my darkest mindsets. Like there's nothing to say. Yeah. You know, if you say, yeah, sometimes stuff, stuff sucks. You're like, yeah, it does. And like, that's it. Right. Right. So, Thanks for that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, it, it's interesting. Um, but you know, it's, uh, he's got time to sit and think while he's, running into rivers with his, you know, carrying big rocks or whatever crazy other shit he's doing. So Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) maybe that's what the story of Job was about. Uh, But God liked his, or, but, but Job liked his God and I don't like mine. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Let's see. Well, he does make it down to the Omega hell and Lissy gets injected into hell to help him out to get to the, uh, the final meetup place with the portal or exit door or whatever the hell it is. I take and, back every uh, bad thing I ever said about Lissy. <laughs> She's really cool. No, I mean it. This is the most heroic thing anyone's ever done. Right? I mean, yeah, I guess so. Literally killing yourself and sending yourself into the worst hell. And knowing that there's no way out unless the plan works, right? Yeah. There's this really moving line where she had said that, no, Grack is, is with Fen. She's already made it through. Amaryllis is having some bad roles, but she'll be here eventually. Um, but he's like, wait, Grack's here too? And she's like, yes, we're putting everything on the table. Yeah. Like this is the last push, right? Yeah. Um this it's it's epic. Um you know, and it is the perfect human impulse to be like, "No, fuck that. I'm going to I'm not going to just jump to hell, you know?" Like I I don't know. There's uh I I wouldn't blame anybody, you know, 
back on Arab, who was like, no, I'm going to just try my luck and not die for as long as I can, even though I know that's where I'm going to go eventually because rune magic is gone, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I would give anyone a hard time for spent saying, no, I'm going to take my time up here. Um, anyway, uh, mm. yeah, big high five. And random thought, Paladin will be aged up when they get back out. Oh, uh, yeah, at least three years older. Yay. So yeah, Maybe may, more may, if they use the time chamber. Some, some less... Uh, some hopefully slightly less disgusting humor, but maybe still the same whimsical child spirit. So right now, when she dreams uh, jokes about fucking him, she can be a hot fifteen-year-old. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I walked right into that one too. Yes. Uh, yeah, Lissy does say that this was their third contingency. They had two other plans before this that should have worked and didn't. And yeah, I was just like, it's that. Things sound like they're extremely fucked up 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 on our airplane. I really wish we got to see all that shit going down because it feels like it, the world is collapsing around them. Me too. I'm I'm curious. Maybe they somehow got his soul. Um, his friends, I mean, because this was their third plan, and they started enacting it really like within a few hours of him getting here. Um, it's not like they're like, "Where's June?" for three years, and then he shows up, and then within hours they're onto their third plan. You know, right? So, uh, it's, I wonder what other stuff they'd tried. I'm sure we'll learn. So maybe they somehow got his soul and just were trying all the ways they could come up with to resurrect him. And, and then this was the last shot. That's what I'm thinking. Um, you know, they would, the only reason that, uh, Felsu would let them get away with his soul is because he wanted them to, but, um, you know, he was being piloted by the DM who just wanted to kill June and he got what he wanted. So, um, I don't know, but the the exclusion they got rune magic which as yeah. we as we learned is how the bottles work yep so the dm is just like no fuck everybody now mm-hmm. even if you're careful nope eternity and heck i think lissy said people dying what uh three every second and they're going to the hells yeah well the, the devils must just be stoked yeah they're getting they're getting a tide of people in like they've never had before steady flow yeah damn uh I mean, there's not much else to add. They they do that thing where they they gut that demon. They're next to a tree that like is giving June osteoporosis, and then like, it's <laughs> uh, so, like it's shade from the sun that like immediately starts burning your skin off, mm-hmm. and like the shade is like cursed. And so, um, let's see. It's like, oh, hold on. I'm gonna go put on this this meat cloak. And I'm gonna run over there. You hang out for a bit. I'm gonna grab something. Like what? A car? Yeah, something like that. Um, and oh turns out to be well it it, it turns out to be a, a thing it turns it's helicopter so yay he gets to finally fly one and i hope it Hell works it. but uh she the reason she's gone so long is she gets like ripped to pieces yes and i can't remember how what happens if you die in omega hell i think oh you, you respawn. respawn somewhere else that's yeah. right but she was so she she was like just ahead with no eyes and she still wasn't dead. So you have to be really, really dead to yeah. die here, right? Right. So, but she she takes it like a champ. This, mm-hmm. That's the that's the you know I, I I'm not a bloodline kind of person, but this is magic world, right? So mm-hmm. you know that is that is the the pain drag bloodline steadfastness, right? She stares at her shaking hand that just finished reassembling after she was ripped apart and you know disembodied, and she's like, "Get your shit together," and and it works. <laughs> I, she's stone cold okay i agree with you like i guess i don't want to agree with you because it's a noble bloodline and fuck nobles but 
I mean, as we've seen with Onion and Lissy and Amaryllis, yes, the pain drags can be some stolen, cold, badass motherfuckers. But so can Fen, Palda, and Grack, and Bethel, and, you know, everyone's capable of it. But yeah. uh, it's just, I, I'm i noticing this trend. Um, it is distinct. Yeah. But man, and yeah, helicopter. Nice. Hell, helicopter. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's right there. It's, it's just waiting for it. So this was the third beat with the helicopter, right? There was one like early on and then he thought they were gonna be able to fly the one that, uh, um, what's his name? Larkspur had. Yes. Yes. And then they didn't. And he's just like, I feel like this is weird. I feel like I'm supposed to fly a helicopter. Like it's my mm-hmm. backstory. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now we've got one. Huzzah. It finally paid off. Yay. Cool. Well, do we want to see how it's going to pay off exactly? Yeah, but I got to check. I think I put in my predictions that, oh, yep, I wrote this down around chapter 86. I don't know what that chapter was, but if June gets to fly a helicopter, he'll screw it up somehow. Oh. I sure hope I was wrong. Wow. Oh, June's mom showed up at some point. I get that one correct. DM can read June's mind. That one was right. Um, DM is not the entity responsible for excluding things. I was wrong. All right. Uh, DM, or the locust will turn into a human form. Point. Solace stays mm-hmm. dead. No point. June will visit his body's home. Eh, half credit. He talked to, uh, what's her butt? Tiff. Eh, you said that he would visit the home and he didn't. Home is where the heart is and his heart was <laughs> Tiff. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, quarter star. Um, he didn't dodge it all completely, but you're right. He didn't go back to whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, he did have to deal with some of his home shit, but he didn't go there. That's right. Okay, so helicopter. And yes, I am curious to see how this turns out. What, pray tell, are you going to dole out for us this week as, as you, no doubt, are gearing up to, to torture us somehow? It Well, you know, I have to do my part in the whole hell uh, hierarchy. Of course. <laughs> yes. Can't fault you for that. There is going to be the next three chapters that we will be reading. They are 234, Heck if I know, <laughs> to, 235, Interval, and 236 more DACA. Hmm. All right. Well, heck if I know that seems pretty self-explanatory. Um, interval might explain where the three-year gap came from. Mm-hmm. And that'll be cool. And DACA. Oh, it's a Warhammer 40K thing. Yeah. All right. So what is it? Oh, uh, DACA is that the word that um, or the orcs use for like ranged weaponry, shooty stuff. You know, it's the sound of the machine makes DACA, 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 DACA. Oh, yeah. And they say most any problem can be solved by applying more DACA. I love it. The theory goes like this. You pull the trigger on a machine gun and the whole world turns into blood. And it's awesome. You can't argue with that. That's science. <laughs> What's that from? That's on the TV Tropes More DACA page. Sweet. It's, it's an orc. The picture is an orc. And the caption is never enough DACA. And it's got to be <laughs> a machine gun that could scarcely fit on a plane that he's holding. And he's got like a, a cleat holding the rock in front of him. And the, the belt has got to be 60 feet long, just going in all the directions. <laughs> oh, no, the belt nice. is being fed in through at least three different points. <laughs> here, I'm going to just drop the picture here in the chat um, or in the notes here. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, more DACA TV tropes. That's what I was looking at. OK, well, I'm excited. I will link that as well. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, we will be reading that. We will uh, also be thanking Alexander Wales and linking to his Patreon and ours in the show notes and encouraging people to click on those and send money to people on the Internet. Hopefully some of which are us. Cool. And once again, happy birthday, buddy. 
Oh, thank you very much. Uh, you know, Tuesday birthdays or you know, middle of the week are always annoying. And, uh, you know, cause what can you do tonight? Right. Not much, but, Oh, I don't care. We always celebrate on the weekend. Exactly. But it isn't always nice when that lines up with the actual day. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I'm not really that attached to the actual day. I don't think it really matters. I think for most of the last few years, Rachel's taken her birthday off of work and I should start doing that. You should start doing that. Um, uh, I did actually do that uh, whenever I had a job that paid me to have the the work time off. Oh, good. Yeah, when it, I was like, yeah, it's my birthday. I'm I'm taking a vacation day. I don't do that now that I work for myself, obviously, unless I want to. But uh, today I was forced to by circumstance. So there. I, I was making more of a joke about how yeah, you know, every day is a day off if you want it to be now. But uh, right. But yeah, uh, I'm glad to hear that you did it before. All right. Well, I'll stop harping on it. Everyone wishing us happy birthday and. Uh, Join us back here next week for the next three chapters. Excellent. See you then. See ya.